0: Hi everyone, Janet McMorty here. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to tell you about a phenomenal podcast that is out there as well. The Firecracker Department is a podcast that dives into honest conversations with women and non-binary folks in the entertainment industry. The podcast has now spawned an international community of women and non-binary artists encouraging each other to take creative action. The podcast is hosted by award-winning actor, improviser, and comedian and friend, Naomi Sanikis from Second City and Mr. D., In it, she talks to fellow actors, writers and producers and gets the skinny on their struggles, successes and everything in between. Deep, funny, real conversations that make you feel like you're having a drink with one of your best friends. Alcoholic or non-alcoholic, whatever's your poison. Guests include Mae Martin, actor-comedian from Feel Good and I Have Nothing, Joe Vanicola, the Emmy award-winning actor from Street Legal, Being Erica and the Expanse, award-winning singer-songwriter Jan Arden, and Kay Cannon, the writer from New Girl and 30 Rock. Find the Firecracker Department wherever you get your podcasts and give them a follow. And now you can see the interviews on the Firecracker Department YouTube channel. Definitely check them out and let's support Canadian content, Canadian podcasts, and especially those by Canadian women and non-binary folks. Go over there and support them. Now on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Charlotte Desch. Now, I guess technically, Charlotte is considered a first act actor. She's been acting ever since she was a child. However, she did go to school for journalism, she has a master's degree in journalism. She's also originally from Norway and has quite an extensive career as an actor in Norway. We go into great details about the Norwegian film industry. It is fascinating. She now lives in Canada, lives here in Toronto, and is exploring the craziness that is the film industry here in Canada. She is extremely talented, an absolute gem of a human being. I'm so excited for you to hear her story. Please enjoy the incredible Charlotte Date. Corey, you have been an actor your whole life. Yes,
1: <laughs> I was the kind of um, child that could sing before I could really talk and and dancing very early on, and I was always very drawn to that performative aspect. And I loved watching performances; they would just mesmerize me. On if it was TV or you know movies or theater. I was able to convince my parents to let me audition for a musical that I was too young to audition for. Um, I was four and a half years at the time, and the age limit was fixed. And somehow the producers let me audition anyway, and I ended up getting the part. And that was my first job, like my first professional job. And I went on to acting in musicals for almost a decade. Um, so that's how it all started for me. It was the same theater group that I kept on working with. So I just got really lucky to get in early and I learned so much. So for me, I certainly learned by doing because, you know, as a child, you can obviously they taught us a lot while we were rehearsing for the musicals and and all of that. Um, But it certainly was just kind of being to some extent thrown into it and just absorbing everything and learning as I went. Now,
0: did you go to theatre school? Did you do formal training? I went to
1: New York and did a semester there and I did theatre training there. Um, and then I did, um, in Norway, different classes and um, workshops and, and stuff like that. But I didn't do a full degree in um, theatre. So when you, when you got this musical, was that while you were living in Norway? that was while I was living in Norway. I lived in Norway my whole life. I was born and raised there up until four and a half years ago when I decided that I wanted to get some international experience and kind of dip my toes a little bit outside of Norway and see, you know, what that could look like. Um, I come from a very small town in Norway. Well, not very small, but it's relatively small. And there were just not as many opportunities there. I also lived in Oslo for a while where there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stock shooting there so that was better for me, but I was hungry to to explore more and I've always been very drawn to traveling and, you know, experiencing more of the world. And Canada was actually very easy to get a work permit to. So I decided to just come here for a summer. I got an agent. I flew over first and had some meetings with agents. And then I, um, came back to Norway and thought about it, applied for my work permit. And then I decided to go with one of the agents and kind of just looked at it as an opportunity to go and spend some time in a different country and kind of see where, where that will take me. And I never, um, I never intended it to be permanent. Uh, Here I am four and a half years later. So it goes to show I, I really fell in love with Toronto, with Canadians, great people, very polite and very helpful. I felt very well received here by just, you know, in general and also in the industry. I was very lucky. I got to work a lot. And so it just kind of kept on rolling. And I just felt like, I just didn't feel right to, I was never like done. I just kept on extending and extending my stay. And and I applied for a permanent residency. And yeah, and now now this is where I'll, you know, settle down. And I I think of it in a way that I'm like, kind of of, like bi-coastal where of Norway and Canada are my home and I'm a little bit back and
0: forth. (laughs) Can you take me back to when you were, a kid and I know you were four and a half when you started but did you ever feel from your parents a push towards a career that was not acting because it's not mm. you know a stable career it's not the you know comfortable logical reasonable decision did you ever feel that you know what? I think
1: I was lucky in that way, um, because my parents were extremely supportive. Although they never pushed me to get into anything entertainment related, <clears throat> but they always encouraged me to do, to follow my passion and my bliss. And, you know, they, they were very kind of trusting in my journey and, yeah so I didn't feel like they you know my dad you know would have said like you know, get a degree in something else just so you have it and I did do that so i I did a media and communications bachelor degree I also did a master's degree in journalism, I've done some like t v hosting and presenting as well, so it was kind of a nice combo um so that that was kind of, I guess, something to, to always have that that would that made me feel safer that I could always fall back on, and I still use those skills today in my life.
0: I think I think that's such a great point about using those skills because I think a lot of people I chat with who are like I've dubbed the second act actors were coming into this from a career that feels extremely distant from acting and from the arts. And I think a big thing, regardless of what experiences you've had, is that those experiences don't just evaporate and can be used in this creative career in so many ways. And I think that's so thrilling. Like, what what else have you noticed, have you pulled in from just your life into now your acting career?
1: Well, I just I just love everything that you said now, because acting is really about showing humans and human behavior and the best way to and to showcase human experiences. So as actors, we need to go out there and experience. And I draw from everything that I've experienced in my life, really. It's one of the most important things we can do is to go out there and put ourselves in different situations and meet with new people, new cultures, new countries, and and we can draw from all of that collectively. And of course, it depends on the character, but if you have a character and you can relate something that you've experienced, I mean, that's what it's all about. You have to draw on your own experiences, and if you don't have big psyched experience, you have to do some research and maybe talk to someone who have had that experience and to figure out how that felt, and to kind of be able to come up with something that you feel could um, help you to to portray that. But I think the general stuff is obviously heartbreak and and um, struggles, at university stuff, and
0: I mean, there's so much. <laughs> Tell me more about the research that you do something that you just said just really, I was like, oh, I'm so curious about your kind of process. So that, that word we always use your process. When you feel like you can't relate to a character or you haven't experienced it, you mentioned, yeah, doing some research. What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, so that might be talking to somebody who has experienced that or just simple as simple as googling it and reading about it, finding something inside of me that resembles that experience. That has like a hint of it, maybe, and exploring that deeper. And obviously, just you know, whenever I prepare for a character, it's reading the script thoroughly over and over again and taking from that as much as you can. And you can find so much in a script about your character, and even about experiences that you haven't had yourself when you dive into that character work. Like it starts to. You know, through the script, through how the character is, you can draw some conclusions about how that experience would have felt and how it's shaped them without having directly experienced it yourself.
0: I've talked to a couple other actors from Europe about the European film industry and all. I know every country in Europe is different. I've talked to someone from Berlin. I've talked to someone from Copenhagen. What was it like in Norway? What's the film industry like? It's very, it's quite different.
1: It's very interesting to see, like, the similarities, the differences. Norway is less competitive. It's a smaller industry. but There's also less productions happening. And we don't have the same... I guess like hype around agents where it's like you when I worked in Norway I didn't really have an agent for yeah for most of the time because you don't really need one necessarily it's not the same it's not the same like um kind of belt here where it's like you have this process of like the agent submits you and da 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 there's a lot of self submissions in Norway and there's a lot of focus on the actor casting director relationship. So it's all about having good relationships with casting directors and they're much more open to, there's no like, cause here between an actor and a casting director, you have the agent, but we don't have that kind of wall between. So it's more of like a direct like channel to them and, you know, we'll email each other. And so it's, It's That, I would say, is one of the biggest um, differences. And we have um, a union, but it's not, you know, as big as Actra is. And so everything is kind of a little bit just like smaller and less kind of
0: rigid, maybe. Was there anything that surprised you about, I know you kind of alluded, you kind of touched on it a bit. Anything that surprised you about the film industry when you moved to Canada? Yeah, I. The first thing that comes
1: to mind was that it was. I knew that I wanted to get into ACTRA, but that seemed very impossible because to be an actor, you had to book a um, a union project, and to book a union project, you would kind of have to be, actor or union. So that to me was like, so how, how do I? How do I get in <laughs> But then, you know, there's always ways in. And so that whole thing for me was a little bit, um, I found that interesting. And the whole like, you know, if you are union, then you can't do any non-union stuff. Like it's not as strict in Norway. But that was interesting as well. Just like, yeah, understanding how things work here and also just how how yeah how much I mean there's so much talent in Oslo as well but just coming here and seeing that you know there's a lot of amazing talent here too and I found that everyone was really nice like it was like a very helpful industry where I felt like people would help push me forward and I felt just very kind of just positively surprised that i could come come just like out of nowhere and and kind of be and feel like i was like kind of taking
0: on taken under their their wings a little bit (laughs) did you have mentors when you came here like what was that like if you i'm just trying to envision like coming into toronto (laughs) it almost is exactly like Uh, Second act acting, right? Like you are coming in not knowing anyone in the industry because you came from a different country. I came from not film. What was that process like to build over the last four and a half years for you?
1: Yeah, you know what? I came here and I didn't really know anybody. And I was lucky because I had experienced that before. I did my bachelor's degree in Australia. And in Australia, it was the same thing I didn't know anybody. So I just was like, I came there. I was like, "Hello, let's make let me make friends." And like, so I know how to put myself out there. I know how to like try to connect with people. And I find it very thrilling too, to some extent. It's like a challenge. And um, I came here with kind of the same thing. You just have to be really open. And uh, and um, I I came here just before um, TIFF that year I think 2018 mm. and I was able to so the the my roommate that I lived with she knew an actor and we kind of connected and we um was, were able to find some events to go to during tiff and then from there I made a lot of connections, friends and that tiff I just kept being invited like from going to one party I was invited to another party and then another party so I literally just like gave it my all and just like was out and talking to people the entire time. And that was really one of the things that helped set me up here. It was good timing and I was lucky and I just have kept building on my network. And you just have to start somewhere and just build on the things that you have and just kind of one step at a time. And you don't need to like know it all or know everyone right up to bat, right? It's just about building. I
0: think there is a, a big misunderstanding. Maybe not misunderstanding is not the right word, but I think there's a big almost a fear. Even I think for those of us who have gotten into this industry later on in life, that they feel we feel like we need to know it all now and fast because we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Would you like? What are your thoughts on that? Because you've been so successful with. With your with your building of this and your being able to connect with people. So there's kind of two things
1: that pop into my head now. And it's for like the one side is that I think in general, you should always live in a way that you, you know, don't think that you have time, like do it now, do it now. And that is like kind of a thing where like, I just feel like in life in general, you shouldn't just be like, you know, slacking too much where you're just like waiting around. you should always be proactive and take action and kind of, you know, think that you don't have all the time in the world. But at the same time, I think we should never limit ourselves to think that we're too late or that we don't have enough time. Like you can act your whole life until you're really old, like they need people in all types of shapes and forms. And I think that's like one of the beautiful things about acting. So I think having a sense of like urgency, where it's more like you're taking action, you're driving, but not feeling like you're out of time. If you can find a balance between those two, I think that's really key. And for women, especially, like I think we, you know, there's a lot of about like oh the women will will be dated or or whatever whatever i hate that and like i don't think that's true at all like i think that and i think i also believe in divine timing some people make it or like make it like what does that really look like it's a continuous um, journey and you have to like continue to work hard even if you have a few successes but you can get you know a big break really late in life and So also trusting the timing of things while doing your best. And I think that's kind
0: of what I've been doing personally. When you've been like since your time in Toronto, I know you said networking is a huge part of what you did. What else have you been doing that? I mean, this is kind of an overarching question of looking for advice for people new to the industry, new to Toronto even, the Toronto film industry, what have you found has been really helpful for you and made you so successful?
1: Well, there's a few things that I think you need to really um, do as an actor. Firstly, you have to have the right mindset. You have to, as cliche as it sounds, you have to believe in yourself. You have to feel that you have something to bring to the industry. And if you don't feel that way then get yourself to a point where you feel that way. Um, take more classes or, you know, do what you need to do to get there. And I think that's another thing, obviously, training. I took, I started training with um, different studios and different teachers coming here. That's very important. I would just do do my research. Who is the best headshot photographer? I Go to that person and get my headshots. And how do I, like, you know, just really think your teeth into it and like what I would look at actors here that were doing well and that were booking. What are they doing? Like, um, how are they, like, how are they kind of, I don't know, like, yeah. So just kind of trying to figure out what's what works and trying to, to implement more of that into your own career and yeah, going out networking, um. Putting together a good showreel, the best that you can, you gotta work with what you have and build from there when it comes to clips. So I think, yeah, mindset, headshots, showreel training and networking is really, really the kind of the five
0: important pillars. <laughs> with networking, I know this is a thing that a lot of people struggle with. Because there's one, I think a lot of us are naturally introverted and use acting as our extroversion. But I think there's also, again, and we use the word fear of networking seeming unsincere, like insincere. And that idea of, oh, I don't want to bother so-and-so casting director that I'm seeing over there because I don't want to seem pushy or smarmy what have you found or do you have any advice for people and i wonder if it comes from again nick your hosting background your media background do you have any advice for people trying to get started networking and not coming off as like desperate and annoying (laughs) oh i mean it can definitely feel so daunting
1: to talk to people and to put yourself out there i would say For networking, if you're at an event, try to obviously go with somebody that you know so that you have, like, your partner to to lean on. And ideally, if they know someone at the party, they make introductions. I don't like to just walk up to someone and be like, hey, necessarily. Because, yeah, you don't want to come off to – and there's no – no need to to do that and i think it can be met with a little bit of so i think getting introductions through other people you know in the room and and, and if you're talking to somebody you can kind of build on that and you can say oh um i would love to chat with so and so person and maybe they know this person oh let me introduce you guys and so i think it's all about building as well There, building in the room where you kind of people too, and I think you should always be sincere with it. You should never um I should never not come from a sincere place because if it does, I think that that can easily be like felt from the other person, and you know I certainly can feel if something isn't sincere and it's not something I'm interested in kind of spending any time on so I think for me, it's just a thing of like i I, you know, I respect someone, I would love to just like chat with them and not necessarily want anything from them, but just connecting with them on a level where, Mm -hmm. you know, we're both in the industry, we're kind of like colleagues, maybe in a sense, and it's just about like getting to, getting to know your industry better and always being of help to other people. I think we should always as actors, especially help each other. It's a very tough industry. And so. Whatever I can do to help another actor, I'm always I always do, and I love doing that. I think it's very rewarding. It almost feels like a selfish act because it feels so good to be able to help somebody. And then when somebody helps me, I'm so thankful, right? And it's just it, it kind of yeah. So I think that's very important and to definitely not just like take from someone. You have to give and take, and, and it has to be sincere.
0: And I think that is so key. And I'm, I have no experience with bigger markets like L.A. or New York, but I think it's so key for a smaller market like Toronto and even smaller one like the European markets for actors and entertainment industry professionals to be, it sounds so simple, nice to each other, because if we aren't, this industry will hit a brick wall and not expand because it, we don't expand because, like, at all, if we aren't nice to each other and helping to move each other forward. And then, how are we supposed to compete with the L.A.s and the New Yorks of the world? Like, I think that we don't yeah. get anywhere by being, like, you know, jealous and comparing and all this stuff, and just like not nice. <laughs> Absolutely, I completely agree. There's just no need for
1: that in the industry, and it doesn't get you anywhere. If you're someone who is jealous of other people, you're only hurting yourself. You really are. The, the better thing to do is if you think someone who is doing what you want to do is to be happy for them and to take it as a sign from the universe that she can do this and I'm seeing her doing this. The universe is showing me this. It means it's also possible for me. And we're not necessarily competitors. Like Every role is so unique and the right person is going to book that role anyway. So it's like we don't need to have that kind of
0: hostage. Like it doesn't need to be like that. One of the coolest things I ever learned was exactly along the vein, like what you said about the right person will get the role. So if you don't get the role, it means that you were not the right, obviously that you weren't the right fit, and the movie would not have been as good and and it doesn't and it's just it's, it's this interesting kind of almost like negative being a positive where i kind of now have said yeah like we want canadian films and films filmed here made here to be as best as they can be if i book the role it's going to make that movie so good but if i don't and someone else does it's because she or they are the thing to make that movie that much better and I'm not and that's fine Mm -hmm. and that's actually great yes exactly exactly so whatever is best for that project
1: right like wanting what that whatever is best for that project and however that looks, and trusting that you know you will the right parts will find you and and I think just not being so kind of like desperate about it like having other things in life that inspire you and that fulfill you and and not feeling like acting is the end all be all because I think that that puts a lot of pressure on a person It's an extremely difficult industry to to make it in and and most people don't and um yeah it's just a lot of pressure to put on yourself to say that like I have to make it as an actor or else I think that you can define yourself as an actor, but it shouldn't be like the end, like I said, the end all be all. Like you're a human being, you have other passions and interests that are just as worthy and beautiful and just kind of having more of like a relaxed thing about it where you're obviously always doing your best, but not being so hard on
0: yourself. And I think that is where So I think a lot of us put pressure on the acting to be the financial, to to rid ourselves of the financial stress of life. And I think that's where I think it's important to have, I hate the whole like side hustle side gigs or whatever that I think hustle culture is pretty detrimental, especially for women. But I think if there's a way to take financial pressure off acting and I don't want to speak for everyone but this is this is speaking for me if I can take the financial pressure off booking and saying you know booking this commercial I don't need it to pay my bills that for me frees up the creativity and takes that load of bricks off my back and allows it to be more playful and more fun and I know oh, absolutely some people- like they can't do that acting needs to be the be all end all and that's fine but yeah it sounds are you the same is that similar to you well i think that's it's very
1: important to to be in a secure financial place and to not you know i mean to have acting as the only source of income unless you're you know at the top is is probably very almost impossible right and and unless you're booking very very consistently that's not a good idea like it it could that could not you know that could be that could be pretty bad for somebody right you have to set yourself up in, in that aspect too i i run a media agency when i'm not acting i i run that agency i have a team that helps me so that it doesn't take away from my acting and i think that's key to find something that is also a source of income that doesn't take away from what you can accomplish as an actor and how much you can give to that um, part of your life. I think that is key. So that has worked really well for me. I also do a bit of songwriting. I sing here and there. And so you have different sources of income, and I think that's very important, and I certainly encourage actors to do that. And like you said, take that pressure off
0: do you have any favorite moments on set on stage from your time as an actor oh so many i feel like that is my and
1: stage is my happy place and i just i love every second of it i really do it's hard to pull out some moments. there's been so many i feel like there's just this magical thing about being on set for me and it just makes me feel so alive and yeah, I like, it's not even just, like, when you're actually doing the scene. It's, like, everything's coming to set, like, hair and makeup, like, running lines, like, all of it. Um, I would say, though, when I was in Norway, I um, there was a soap opera there. It was Scandinavia's longest-running soap opera, and, mm-hmm. like, the whole of Norway watched it, and my grandparents especially were, like, huge fans. And then it was so, it was like such a magical thing that happened because I just got a a phone call from the production offering me like a a part in the soap opera. And I just couldn't like, I couldn't believe it first of all. And then just, it wasn't a huge part, but it was significant. And I had lines and it was a recurring guest star. And I just remember coming on set and I just felt like I think that was definitely one of the moments that was like the biggest for me because I just felt like it just felt like such a gift from the universe. And then because I was also just thinking about like how my grandparents would feel when they saw me in it and just seeing their faces when I told them, like, I will never forget that it's like the most <laughs> beautiful thing. And it was just so like the whole thing was just very meaningful to me so yeah they were very proud and it was just a yeah it was a blessing
0: <laughs> that is so special and then that the cool thing I love about film and tv is that it exists in the world for eternity and you have that story and you have the footage yes but like that story and that connection with your family and your grandparents at that that gives me just the best warm fuzzies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh that's so nice. Is there anything you're looking forward to coming up this year?
1: I have recently joined Actra finally. It so took a little while to get Yay! in. <laughs> so Congratulations. <I> really... <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm really looking forward to this new chapter in my career and it just feels amazing. I'm excited to to audition for Union, more Union stuff. I still auditioned for Union before, but it's just a different kind of thing now. And yeah, so I'm excited for, for that.
0: Awesome. And any cool projects coming up?
1: Yes, I have two films coming out this year that I did um, last year. So um, the first film I did was um, Finding Odara by Charles Uwabai. And it's a beautiful love story that takes place in Toronto and Lagos, Nigeria. They kind of bring together the best of both worlds. And I had so much fun filming this movie. I got to experience more of the nigerian film culture and nollywood is a huge industry in um in nigeria and i nollywood? learned so nollywood yeah <laughs> i know it's amazing oh my God, i love it yeah it was so fun and we literally had like all these um nigerian tunes on set and it was very like Flowy and like it was a yeah it was a different type of um, experience, um, so that will be coming out this year, and um, then in the fall, I did a um, thriller called *Cry of Silence* by Alan Cool, and oh, that was yeah such an incredible experience. Um, loved it was very. Immersive. them they we shut the whole thing in St. Mary's they rented out a whole hotel there which we all stayed at for the entire entirety of the of the filming and we got like so close in that time it was like I felt like I was at like a camp it was so much fun we had a karaoke machine <laughs> in the lobby so sometimes after like a long day on set we would come back and do karaoke it really brought us together and like helped release release stress and and um it's it's a really empowering story, and I'm so excited for for everyone to get to to experience it. And, and I'm so honored to have been a part of, of both these projects. and they were certainly a gift from the universe as well. I was offered to these both these parts, so I think that, you know, having to not because auditioning can be so, so like daunting. And I think that, when someone shows when a director shows you that kind of trust that they feel comfortable having seen what you've done before. Um, and obviously having talked to you, um, that they would put you in their movie and trust that without seeing an audition. I just feel like that is to me that just that when someone gives you that level of trust, it was just the best feeling. And I just, I always give it my all. Um, but the two movies were very special to me for that um, reason. and um, yeah,
0: so I'm
1: really excited for the release of those.
0: Oh my gosh, congratulations. Those sound like incredible projects. Wow, I'm so I'm so thrilled for you. That's so exciting. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, well, one of those were one of those were one of those your union credit? Are you allowed to talk about what you booked Union? Yeah, no, they were both non
1: union. So I think um, there's that's also why I feel like I I trust like divine timing because if I had gone into the union earlier, I would not have done those two leads in those two movies. And I think that I never wanted to be without them. So I think there's a reason for everything. The um, union um, was the union project was a film. Um, Stealing Vows and um, that's another movie that might be released this year or next year hopefully so it's still in in, uh, post production but that's also an incredible project that I'm very very excited about and I play a singer in that movie Um, so it just and that's kind of what helped me book the part because I had that that skill And, and I remember you know Years ago, someone or a few people told me that if you can do something different, that if you can sing or if you can play an instrument, like that's something that can get you into the union. it's like a competitive advantage that will, that can help you book one of those projects because they're looking for something specific, like someone who can sing and play the piano, for example, but who can also act and fits the part. And then it's easier for them to justify why they need to bring on um, someone who is non-union. Yeah, that movie I did years ago and I ended up um, not initially getting the union credits for it because my PR card permanent residency was still processing and it was delayed um, quite a bit because of COVID. So I was devastated at first. Um, and then I, um, I eventually was able to have more talks with Actra and And um, also because of my Norwegian membership to the union there, they um, when I got my PR card and when I kind of went back to them with everything, they they said that
0: they would um,
1: accept me. (laughs) Do
0: you have any final words of wisdom or advice?
1: Oh, I would just say um, take care of your mental health because As an actor, you know, you're going to deal with a lot of rejection. It's better to just get used to it and to not take it personally and to just build yourself up on a daily basis. And taking care of yourself physically, mentally, and spiritually will greatly benefit your career. Acting is much more than just having the skill of acting, it's a business. So, also having a bit of that business mindset and kind of looking at it as a you know, a collection of things that needs to be in place, and trying to to um, to do your best in all the aspects that you need to be making progress in. I think is very important to to not just to not just tr- like for instance, like don't just take acting classes and think that that's going to be what gets you to where you want to be. Like, do all of the things collectively, and don't even. You know, sit there and wait for your agent to always give you auditions or booking, oh, sorry, auditions. You need to be proactive. You need to take charge of your own career. And yeah, go out there and try to find projects yourself and connect with people and, and work alongside with your agent. Like you're a team here and it's not just you know, for them to submit you for stuff. There's so much
0: more to it than that. So help your agent out like they're helping you out. Such good advice. Such good advice. I remember somebody saying to me, and it makes so much sense, your agent makes on average 10% commission. So you need to do 90% of that. The work that you have to do is 90%. They shouldn't be doing that. They're doing the 10% of the work of you as an actor. You need to do 90%. They get 10% of the commission. You get 90%. So put in 90%. Put in 110% as an actor. I feel
1: like unless you really give it your all, like it's not gonna... Like it's too competitive. It's too hard. Like if you're not willing to give it your all... I would say don't give it anything. Then it's not going to be worth it for you. Um, and yeah, when you get that audition from your agent, you take that seriously and you you really give it your all and you deliver. We have so little control as actors. but So that's why it's really important to control what we actually can control. We can control the audition that we deliver. So focus on that. And once you've delivered it, there is no need to worry about it. Like you're just releasing it to the universe. Whatever happens, happens. It's out of your control. And if you get it, amazing. If you don't, that's totally fine. That's a stepping stone. You're building a relationship with the casting director. And every audition is like an acting class, right? It's like training for you. So just always trying to find the positive in things and looking at them in a constructive and optimistic way.
0: Thank you everyone for tuning in and thank you, Charlotte, for being my guest this week. Now, I know she's had in the, I don't know, six, eight months since we recorded this episode, she has just exploded. Like she said, she's joined ACTRA, our union here in Canada. I know her movie Cry of Silence had its premiere, which is so exciting. Oh, Charlotte, I'm so excited for 2024 and all the incredible things it's going to bring you. Thank you again for being my guest. I hope you will all tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye.